Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes completely eradicating not just reducing completely eradicating i believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for mondays not fridays and get to do their most meaningful work the aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content but instead shift the context under which you operate this podcast is titled choosing leadership because that is what leadership is a choice In each episode I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices which are not always easy and comfortable but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership at the end i will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast and with that let's get started sanjay is currently enjoying a sabbatical and he was most recently the ceo of foson hive in the interview sanjay shares his journey of building scaling and transforming businesses he emphasizes the importance of empathy creating value and fostering genuine relationships he also discussed the key role of vulnerable leadership and how reflecting on feelings and open conversations can be a game changer his experiences and wisdom provide valuable lessons for aspiring leaders and entrepreneurs looking to make a difference in the business world hi sanjay welcome to the choosing leadership podcast Hi, Sumit. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's a delight. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Can you maybe start by sharing a little bit of who you are and what is it that you do today? Sure. So thanks so much uh, once again to you and your viewers, listeners, for joining the podcast. My name is Sanjay Shrivastava. I am a senior business leader based out of Mumbai, India. and i come with about 25 plus years of work experience and in a one line summary what i really specialize in is in terms of building scaling and transforming businesses mm-hmm. that's what i've done for a living and that's what i like to do and i've done it across different industries i worked for 5 years in financial services i worked for 13 years in ict telecom media and then for the last decade i've been working in real estate and infrastructure mm. was the ceo and director for mahindra world city business and then was also a ceo of another fortune 500 companies india re business so all across the domains the common thread has been to how build scale and transform mm. and that's what i'm passionate about and that's where we are in india at the right time Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. 
And before we dive into that, can you share a bit of your backstory, right? So how did you get connected with building, scaling, transforming businesses? What have been some of those key moments on your journey that have led you or that have compelled you on this path? Sure. As they say, Sumit, that sometimes you only connect the dots on the way back once you look at it. So when I see... I think uh, a lot of exposure and the experience early years have led me to that. So I come from a classic traditional service class background. My father was a banker and I saw him building a lot of new parts of the businesses for banking, especially in agriculture and rural banking. And I could see even as an early kid, the kind of impact these many new things were happening with every time a new part of agriculture banking was that. And that somewhere led to a spark that you should always find which is the next big wave when you really work on it. Mm. So by my background, I am a computer science engineer. And once I graduated, one classic path was whether to go abroad and pursue masters, which is what... I think majority of my computer science graduates followed, but I then went on to do my management in IIM Calcutta. And once I graduated from there, I think a combination of the engineering and the management background, it gave me a grounding that I think there is a lot of opportunities in India for growing businesses, both in India and building out of India. And mm. that's when then I got movement into building businesses or businesses which are at a particular scale to really scale them multifold. Yeah. And how has that journey been? Has that also presented some uh, difficult challenges to change yourself, especially like uh, given uh, the background that you mentioned and the education? Was it was it a gradual transformation or were there some moments where you realize something new or like was there any aha moment or something like that? So, so I think a combination of both. Mm-hmm. One first and foremost was that I realized that my passion was in terms of how to always do something new. So mm-hmm. once I realized that, then even the first job which I chose, which was at Crystal Standard and Poor's, rather than choosing the traditional credit information part of the business, I chose to be in the marketing of research and information services because that was, again, an evolving field. And once I chose that, a lot of learning came by just groundwork and rolling up your sleeves and doing the actual work day to day. When you do, that's when the real insights come in because Mm -hmm. especially in a new business, Only when you meet customers, you actually do hardcore operations work. You are able to really make out that how things are really panning out. And once I started doing it, then it started giving me uh, real life examples and insights that how you really can apply technology or services really to build something new. And that's That Mm. was really the moment where it got me ready to want to build brand new services related to field of 
information index services, international information services. I come from an era where we you needed to wait till 10 p.m. Indian Standard Time to log in into international servers to dump data for next day morning at one-fourth of the uh, rate. But that just that trigger, because you know how exactly each of those steps work, it really makes a difference where you know in the end how uh, it is going to make a difference to customers' life cycle. And that's what gets you ready for the next big waves. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for talking about continuously building and also those waves. Uh, I think those are very key points uh, coming from a business point of view. So can you share a bit more of what are those waves that you're riding and what is it that you're building, especially with your current role and responsibility? Sure. So after that, then for 2000 till late, Dean, India was on the verge of the telecom revolution. So that's mm -hmm. where I, I had a fortunate opportunity to work with Tata Group and set up five different businesses in ICT telecom. And therein again, we learned that how to really see what is happening in the trend and how do you really apply across the different domains, whether it's manufacturing, BFSI and others, and how really can you can create solutions which in turn can make a difference to customers and their end business and personal life cycle. Mm -hmm. Once I learned that, then since 2013, when I was working in the real estate and infrastructure, that was the time when a lot of focus of India was in terms of make in India and really accelerating the manufacturing part of the contribution. But that's where then I was very closely involved with make in India right from 2014 when it started. And that again meant that there was no previous template because whatever said and done, China is very different from a Vietnam or any of the other manufacturing companies, countries compared to India. India has a huge demographic dividend, but at the same time, the systems were very different. And hence, we needed to really figure out that what are the USPs or what is really unique opportunities, why companies should really come and establish their manufacturing or their technology setup in India. And once you found those data points, you really needed to build a stewardship. You needed to identify while a government of India can identify what is the ease of doing business. A state government can give you uh, ease of doing business in financial incentives. But as a company, you have to see how do you really ensure ease of doing business for day-to-day -day operations. And once we started doing it, initially we could see that it was a trickle. But from that trickle, it actually turned into a torrent. And say in the seven years when I was working in Mahindra's, by the time I moved out, there were close to 200 corporates across close to 25 different geographies having close to about $2 billion of actual investments done in India, close to about 400 to 500, about half a million direct and indirect staff working. And that is an ecosystem when you create on a national basis. Mm. Even in the larger scheme, it may be a very small thing. But then that each one of those companies coming in, each one of those new jobs being created, 
is actually finally going to be a contributor to the final growth path of the $5 trillion economy. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So coming back to your current role, can you share a bit more about uh, what is it that you're building? What is your vision for the future? Sure. So right now, I've just taken a small sabbatical, a bit of pause. Mm -hmm. Yeah, after building multiple of these businesses. And right now, I'm evaluating their multiple next new wave of opportunities which are coming up in areas like infrastructure, in tech startups, mm -hmm. also in renewables, where each one of these opportunities in itself can actually be a multi-billion dollar opportunities. So I'm closely working with various stakeholders, also in the process, learning what are some of the new technologies and the trends which I may myself may not be yeah. aware. And they're speaking to everyone across the value chain, right from customers to operations partners to vendors, to see now which is the next big platform which we can create, mm -hmm. which in turn can contribute to this next wave of growth which is happening in India. Yeah, thank you for uh, adding that. What led to taking that sabbatical? Was there like a key moment or was there a thought process behind that? So uh, I think a combination of factors. One is once in a while when you are on this constant treadmill of traditional jobs, while you mm -hmm. are doing a lot of things which are making a difference to the contribution. But at the same time, once in a while, at a senior level, the higher you go, the more lonely it gets at the top. Mm -hmm. right? So you need to really step back and evaluate the complete landscape. That mm. What is it? There are certain capabilities which you have built in. There are certain capabilities or the trends which are emerging. And then there are certain possibilities and you really have to bring all of this together and to if you really need to do a justice to connecting the complete dots and building the story then you need to be fair to yourself and spend some dedicated time to do it so mm. so that is what was really the moment and that also goes back to my fundamental philosophy which i've applied my, many times which if you want to move to the next wave in a new domain, in a new industry, then the really one most core skill set which you really carry is how can you learn, unlearn and relearn. Hmm. And you, you need to do it. You need to find some dedicated time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And since you mentioned about like how leadership can be lonely or can be can create a lot of pressure. Can you share a bit more on how has that journey been for you and how have you navigated that? Sure. So I guess a lot of us, initially when you are just rising through the ranks, you are just thinking that you're getting a short dopamine and you're just going faster and faster. But at mm -hmm. some point you also have to evaluate how do you really re reset your skill set and how you will work on it and i think from a leadership perspective the two of the most common aspects which one needs to learn one is of course 
how will you really tackle brand new challenges as you move up because mm. as you move up the kind of nature of challenges whether from a customer from a team from an organization dynamics changes second most important aspect is how can you be genuine and at the same time vulnerable because a lot of people are looking up to you but a leader may not have all the answers so in that case can you really be genuine to share you don't have the information but at the same time find a mechanism by which you are able to have a reflective conversation and actually move up the value chain because the moment you actually display that vulnerability that is your true test of leadership yeah yeah and can you share a bit more on that like that channel that reflective conversation how do you facilitate that for yourself but also now as a leader you have also other leaders rising up the ranks with you how do you enable that for a team of leaders sure so i think there are two three very key aspects one is often you need to have a conversation reset where you need to have a deeper conversations with the growing leaders that how are they really feeling about it mm. yeah it's not about the performance it's not about the metrics but how are they really feeling about it and if you are able to have a conversation which is a deeper reflection on how are they feeling about it and how will they address those feelings that is one way to look at it the other way also to look at it is that if from a reflective conversation that sometimes if you yourself are able to have a conversation open ended conversation with ev- with everyone around you in a truly 360 degree so whether it is a customer or a vendor or a partner or even a competition person finally you will find that many of the answers exist so you don't have to really reinvent the wheel sometimes mm. you speak to the like for example from a digital perspective so as while a lot of us have grown some of those skill set but today if you see the gen z and the millennials they bring a very different thinking to the yeah. to the space so while they can always learn from you in terms of the management depth and the mm-hmm. width of circumstances but at the same time you can also learn the way how they are adapting to the work culture especially in terms of the work life balance mm. especially in terms of their expectation of what they want to achieve in their workspace in their personal space so sometimes that is also a very refreshing change and i in many of the organizations i also actively encouraged having a reverse mentoring where mm. where actually we should be using the youngsters whether it is for their digital skills whether it is in terms of even mm. just the work life balance there are many different aspects in which they can bring in and that also in term helps the millennials and gen zs to feel more empowered and more connected with the organization oh yeah thank you for sharing that i think that's a wonderful idea reverse mentoring and uh, you are so right we can learn from anybody uh, and it's uh, so easy to get stereotyped in a particular kind of a mentoring relationship 
Uh, but there is a, so much that we can learn from the, the young folks who are entering the workplace right now. So can you share a bit more on like what else completes you? What else forms a part of your life, especially like now you're on a sabbatical. What else is, is keeping you busy and what else are you exploring? It's like a whirlwind tour. One good mm-hmm. thing is you decide your own pace. So obviously, a lot of reading is involved. So especially reading on the new evolving technology, especially on renewables, climate change, ESG, how to look at funding and building businesses for the next billion people. Oh, how to look at banking the unbanked. A lot of that work is involved. A lot of that has, our work is also involved in terms of to see how to connect the dots. So what is the, how is the shift happening, especially now the shift are happening in technology, in businesses, in geopolitics so fast. We also work goes on that. Some of my work also goes, I'm often involved in a lot of media panel discussions, so how you are doing it. And a lot of goes in intense discussions with people from a totally different background. So one thing which I'm learning and which has always been a good source of learning is if you interact with people which are very different from your traditional background, actually that really helps open your vistas. Yeah, and especially as you meet uh, these people from different backgrounds, right? Many times you are confronted with ideas or beliefs which are very different uh, from your own, right? And in your long journey, what are some of those ideas or beliefs that you have formed which are uh, like, which very, very few people agree with you on? I don't know whether, whether very few people agree, but I think some of the most common ideas which I found which are inspiring for myself as well mm-hmm. as many of the people I interact with is sometimes one of the most common things I found is you don't need to uh, have a very special insight to really inspire people. It's always a series of small moments which really end up making a big difference in the journey on the way back. Like mm-hmm. one very common aspect I saw because, as I mentioned, I moved across domains. And one of the most fascinating things for a lot of youngsters is how can you really move across domain? Mm-hmm. And the most common response I give is I did not plan for moving across the domains. But and once you are ready with your skill sets, at the right opportunity, you will get that. So a lot of that kind of connect or your ability that you will be able to do well in a new circumstances, in a new situation or in a new domain also comes from having empathy. Mm. So one very common core which I have found a lot of connect is one should have a deep empathy with your customers, with the industry, people and with your team. Because Mm. with through empathy, you will be able to get insights which are not really normally available. Hmm. The second very important thing I think is whether it is a team or whether it is the customers or any other stakeholders. One always ha- need to have a belief that you are doing something 
which is really going to make a difference. You are not just doing a job. You are not just doing a, your KRA. Moment, if the teams or the customers really believe it, the customers will actually pay you a premium. If you are able to convince that what you are doing is actually going to be good for their business, you are not the cheapest viable alternative, mm. but you are building a responsible business which will actually be a sustainable business. Same way if you are able to inspire your team. It may seem small, it may seem nascent, but mm. what you are building, you are actually building seeds for the future. In that case, the team will be inspired and will give their 200%. Even without you asking for, can you take the stretch? Because you have enabled it. And the third most important aspect is then that there, at all times, there needs to be an absolute clear communication for a value addition. That whether it is your customers, whether it's your vendors, whether it is your family, there should always be, can you leave each and every person a bit better than how you were even five minutes before or mm -hmm. five years back? And if you are able to do that, then ultimately all of it, it always boils down to relationships, right? People will always boil down. So even whether I have worked in a Crystal 30 years back or a Tata's 15 years back, Everywhere they are still my seniors, my peer groups, my juniors who would still know what's happening in each other's professional life, personal life. And when you have that connect, you mm. never have to ask for anything because then they will believe in it and they will work on it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for like uh, summarizing this so well. I think what you shared earlier what you have summarized is a secret of building, scaling, and transforming businesses, right? So empathy for the customer allows you to see what you cannot see otherwise, so that insight. And then you are adding value and you said that something wonderful that you can actually charge a premium, right? And many times we can get fixated with money, but I think if you can understand value, you cannot just increase like the value offering, but also the profitability or the way that your organization itself is run and also you mentioned about connecting or believing that you're making a difference which is directly tied to making those relationships uh, stronger and those bonds stronger where people actually want to give to 100 person not like leaders pushing people to do so thank you for uh, sharing that Sanjay yeah at, at this phase of your of, uh, of your journey what is it that gives you the most satisfaction at the end of the day I think the most satisfied thing for me is whatever part of the business you're working on or whichever aspect you're working on mm. ultimately will you leave something which will be a significant and sustainable impactful mm. if sustainable and significant impact is what really gives me the satisfaction and right now if you see all india seems to be in the right decade at mm. the right juncture with the highest growth rate coming in the last two years and for in fact imf has just come up with forecast that for the next three years also india will be the bright shining star and if you look from all of that perspective there will be many different 
growth paths which will be there. I think if I can contribute to some of those growth paths, whether it is in infrastructure, whether it is in renewables, whether it is in climate change or energy exchange, ultimately, no matter whether it is few billion or tens of billion, but what will really make a difference if that growth in turn leads to the GDP growth, leads to economic growth, and leads to, most importantly, employment generation for India, which is going to have the maximum number of employable youth coming for the next two decades. I think that is where I'll feel I've done something meaningful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that wonderful perspective for the future as well. As we wrap this up, for anybody who might be listening and wants to reach out to you or find out more about what you're up to, what is the best way for them to do? So the best way is we are connected on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn or Twitter is the best way to uh, reach out. I'm almost always available. Sometimes a bit too much, but LinkedIn or Twitter is the best way. And feel free to DM. Anything I can help with to any of your viewers, anything I can elaborate or support any of your viewers or yourself, very happy to uh, contribute or support. Thank you. Thank you, Sanjay, for sharing everything that you shared today and also for offering your support. I will make sure to include those uh, links to your LinkedIn and Twitter with the show notes. Uh, and as, uh, as we end this, I would like to wish you all the best for the sabbatical and also for the journey that lies ahead for you. Sure. Thanks so much, Sumit. And I think in the end, I will once again thank uh, all of your viewers and listeners. And if there is one key aspect which I can just leave all of you mm -hmm. is to say that leadership is always about what you can do and uh, not about the title. So if mm. you would see one of the my titles reads in my bio is leader without a title. So mm. the day you will be a successful leader without a title, but people will still reach out to you that you can contribute or you can help them become a better person. I think that till the day when each one of us will be a better leader. And as you talked off, I think together we will rise the level and all yes. the boats will rise. Thank you. Thank you for that wonderful metaphor, I think. And that's such an apt summary of what leadership is. Thank you for ending with that, Sanjay. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Samit. All the best to good work being done by you and your podcast. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast. And I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction. Not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews 
go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team if you want to know more go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on linkedin i want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality and i want to thank you for listening always remember that you are enough you are loved and you matter this is sumit until next time keep choosing leadership